0: done a lot of thinking about this rivalry that we have, and I think the whole thing is silly. Truth is, I can't think of a damn thing you can do better than me. Well, why don't you ask your wife about that, Jack?
1: Let's run. Thanks, Dad.
0: Can I get a whoopin'?
1: Whoa.
2: No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children podcast.
1: And here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al.
2: Yes, guys, we're back, we're live, we're groovy, and we are in the Nudie Bar. This is a big two-parter we're doing tonight, but first let me introduce the guy who woke up surrounded by little potatoes and a pineapple ring on his back, Jerry. What's up, man?
3: I always get nervous around supper time.
2: Yeah, why do you always run to the neighbor's house and go under the bed?
3: Um, maybe because you basically tried to make me the main course at your luau. Hey, listen. This isn't Donner's past. What am I supposed to do? Go hunting through spider webs? That's what
2: most people do. Yeah, well, guess what this guy does? Who's joining us tonight? He drives a nail through a table with his own forehead. Justin, what's up, man? I do have a hard-ass skull. Now, what if somebody went to punch you in the bread basket and they instead made contact with your forehead? It would. It would break their hand. (laughs) How tall are you? And as promised, we want to give a shout out to a new patron of our show, Andrew. Thanks a lot, bro, for uh, joining uh, Patreon.com, uh, supporting the show and getting all the new Extra Married Children podcast content. We drop new stuff every month. So tonight we are reviewing Married with Queen, Part 1 and 2. This is Season 3, Episode 17 and 18. The air date for the first one, which is probably not accurate, was April 23rd, 1989. Peggy and Al attend the Polk High School reunion where Peggy is determined to win the title of Reunion Queen. This is a pretty big episode. It's a two-parter, lots of guest stars. This was directed by Jerry Cohen. The writers were Ellen Fogel and Michael Moy. So this is a two-parter. It's, what, the third one? What was the first one? Um... Poppies by the Tree. Poppies by a Tree, Ring Down Zorro's Pants, and then this one? Yes, I believe so.
3: Okay. Girls just want to have fun.
2: Yep. This one starts off hardcore again. They seem to have this great trend where they open the show lately with uh, starving jokes. And what they'll cook, what they'll eat, whatever. Kelly and Butter are sitting at the table holding a fork and knife, and they're looking at each other, and, and you can hear their thoughts. If we don't get some food soon... It's Donner Pass, baby.
1: (laughs) Hmm.
4: He's a little stringy, but seasoned correctly. Butt chops.
2: Now that's sort of like a parody to... You ever see those old Warner Brothers cartoons where the big fat guy and the tall skinny guy are stuck on a deserted island and at some point they're on a raft in the middle of the ocean and they look at each other and they see each other as a hamburger and a hot dog. Yeah, because yeah. I grew up with a lot of those Warner Brother things. Yep.
4: <laughs> no, we've been talking to the other kids at school and they get three meals a day. Now I know what you said, that food only leads to food poisoning, but we're willing to risk it.
2: Like, what a great line. Peggy in her... Terrible way of trying to comfort the kids to stop asking for food. Says, now listen kids, food only leads to food poisoning.
3: No, I agree. That line was really good. Like, the whole beginning is pretty good. It's just that whole, like, it's a little too outrageous. Like, here, eat this price tag. Well, you see, like that I thought was
2: like, this is getting crazy. But they do bring it back down to Earth because eventually... The kids just kind of like throw it down and goes, no, but seriously, Mom, what are we going to eat? Like, as if they were going along with the joke, and they did not really take it seriously, and nobody thought it was serious. Because for a second, we all thought it was serious, you know?
5: So if you're really hungry, why don't you eat this price tag?
1: And eat it
4: fast
5: before your dad gets home. <laughs>
4: Get the plastic thread. (laughs) I'm just doing it for you, Kelly. You know plastic goes right to your
1: thighs. (laughs) Come on,
3: Mom. We're hungry. Isn't there anything to eat in this house? I actually thought it was funny when it was when it was them looking across the table and the bud chops and the Donner Pass reference. But then when Peggy's like, oh no, go dig something out of the freezer, I had Burger King on the way home. I was just like the whole reminder that Peggy is actually a terrible person in general is just... Th- this whole episode is about Peggy being a terrible person.
2: Well, real quick, I didn't get the Donner past reference. What did that mean? I, I rewinded it three times. I couldn't... F-
3: it was uh, 18... Uh, 1840. It was during six, the Oregon Trail. Yeah. A right? bunch of California-bound settlers... Um, Got were, in. Yeah, got snowed in, and uh, of like, during, yeah, 80, like during the like half survived. Like, they ate the other half. Yeah, Resorted to capitalism. They ate a lot.
2: Like, there's a lot of movies and TV and and documentaries on it, but it's like one of the more uh, infamous cases of cannibalism. Now he said by f- something o'clock, Donner Pass. Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, they call that to this day. I think they call that area the Donner Pass or something like that, because that's where they were hung up at.
3: Well, no, Donner Pass, yeah, because Donner Pass is the mountain pass. Donner Pass is the name.
2: Of oh, it. okay, so it wasn't
3: the name of the family, and then they no. named the pass. No, it, no, it was, it was settled. Like it was, a, like it was, like eighty people,
2: and forty of them were eaten, and at the other forty they went on to survive and had to tell everybody what they did.
3: Yeah, pretty much.
2: Wow, did they get a? Re- did they all go to jail?
3: No, it was eighteen wow. forties. So what does that mean?
2: Well, I mean, <laughs> rules are a little different, but also, like, if you kill people and eat them, I think it's bad. But, you, like, if in a survival situation, like the rugby team that um, crashed in wherever the hell they were, the Alps or something like that, and they ate, all ate each other, like, they, nothing happened to them either.
3: Yeah, it's one of those cases where you didn't, like, kill someone to eat them just because you've always wanted to know what a, a butt tastes like. You did this to <laughs> actually survive a yeah. horrible incident. Like say a school bus driven by a blonde 15 year old crashed into the jiggly room and there were explosions and we were stuck here. And for some reason, like the Simpsons movie, a dome formed over us mm-hmm. and say you two got together and we're like, let's beat up Jerry and eat him. Right. You most likely would oh, oh, not get so, any legal trouble for that. I, I was right,
2: uh, Jerry. It is the Reed and Donner families that. Oh, uh, was it? That,
3: because it, 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 it uh, I think if you Google it, it comes up. Oh, the past was, the pass was later named after the group. Okay, yeah, you're right.
2: Thirty two members of the Reed and Donner families. Apparently, there wasn't anybody that was just from my brief reading. I, I don't think they actually. Killed people to eat them. They just ate the people that died. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you if you wait for them to die, then that's what I mean. So, what's the crime that I didn't let you bury them? You could bury their bodies. Cannibalism is a crime, I believe. I don't know. Is it a crime? Is cannibalism Uh, a crime? uh, Like, did that guy who who got that other guy to like? If I just would kill myself and be like, or cut off a piece of my hand. And was like, here, eat this. Is is it illegal for you to eat?
3: Um, well, it depends. That case in Germany where the guy like on camera was like, yes, I'm giving you permission to eat me. Uh, they deemed it illegal. And in the United States, um, it, it there are no laws against cannibalism per se. But most, if not all states, have enacted laws that indirectly make it impossible to legally obtain and consume the body matter. So in the United States... There's no federal law for it, but almost every state has a thing that says no matter what, you're not allowed to eat humans. You're not allowed to serve yourself? Yeah, you can't cut off your finger and let someone eat it. What, what if I-, I ate it myself? Uh, well, you're not allowed to kill yourself, so I assume well, you're I'm not just allowed to eat yourself. No, I'm just saying, if you're not allowed <laughs> to legally kill yourself, I don't think you're allowed to legally eat yourself either. Like, you're not, like, you're not actually allowed to have freedom of your own body uh the state the can state can press charges against you claiming that you are like unf- that you're eating you yeah that only a crazy person would eat themselves it can't be you just have like your curiosity is just a little bit further than sir isaac newton and you had to just see what a little piece of your thigh tasted like they're gonna be like nope you're crazy you are literally Marcy going into her her rants. You're done. So that that Warner Brothers, the Looney Tunes guy who we were talking
2: about earlier, who, who put salt and pepper on his foot on the plate and was going to eat it, he would have gone to jail for that. Yes. <laughs> wow. Um, well, it's funny that you talk about Peg being a bad mother and they're showing this in different ways and the price tag being one of them because they almost – show us that they they sort of sh- shed light on the point I was making a couple times where I said the kids don't exactly look like they walked out of a concentration camp so
5: daddy and I are going to our high school reunion and
4: I really want to wow them <laughs> Well, if you really want a while, why don't you just tell them that your daughter weighs 47 pounds?
5: (laughs) Boy. Mommy just wants to have a little fun, and all you kids can think about are your empty little stomachs. (laughs) Now go forage in the freezer and let Mommy be happy.
2: (laughs) Now, we know she's not. She's probably, like, 105 or whatever. So, that proves right there that that's not what's really taking place there. So... Between that, the way they eventually react to the tag, it's sort of like everyone's in on the joke. But yeah, Peg can't look worse by buying a $500 dress. I mean, do we really got to pull out that calculator again? <laughs> like $500 for a dress. If my wife bought that today, there would be a very serious talk. <laughs> Uh, that is a major purchase, and yeah, it's like they're trying to make Peggy look like the lowest form of life. Now, supposedly, this is the episode that you learn Peg's last name, but I could have. Now, this is according once again. I feel like we're like repeating. We now we we have tropes in our own show, and one of them is IMDb being wrong because the last
3: because yeah, didn't
2: we find out about this in the All in the Family right episode? Right. And here at IMDb, somebody wrote, in this episode, we learn, learn, Peggy's maiden name is Wanker. This episode also was shown in the UK where the term Wanker is an obscenity. Of course, that means someone who masturbates. So once again, it's almost like we just got to – I don't know who these people are anymore who are entering this stuff in.
3: I'm looking through my notes for all in the family to see if I ever wrote down – the wanker. word wanker. I feel like the wanker triplets was said. I mean, I could be wrong here, but mm. Yeah, oh, no, oh, they say in Wanker County. But I guess that doesn't necessarily uh well, that's a stretch.
2: I I will go ahead maybe and watch it so we could talk about it on the season wrap-up show. Mm. Just to verify. Uh so Justin, I have three questions for you. Yes. How you doing? Good. How's it going? Good. How are they hanging? <laughs> Good. How come you're able to answer these questions?
1: <laughs> oh. But Al
2: can't answer them. <laughs> nice dress.
0: What's the occasion? Oprah having a formal episode?
2: <laughs> no, she has no time for that. She's too busy preparing to run for president in 2020.
5: Al, don't you remember anything?
0: But not since I said I do.
5: (laughs) Then your mother opened her mouth and put me down. That was a show of affection. That's how she used to carry all of us around. But let's forget about the past. Tomorrow night, we're going to our high school reunion, and I want us to look nice. So get your suit out of the hamper and iron it.
0: (laughs) Hey, I don't want to go to my high school reunion. I just know they're gonna ask me questions that I can't answer. Like, how you doing?
1: <laughs>
0: How's it going?
2: The <laughs> ever painful, how they
1: hanging? <laughs> yeah,
2: that's his biggest fear of going to the reunion. I love that.
3: Here, Alex, I thought about this today. Okay, on multiple episodes, I have clearly asked, "Do Alan, did Al and Peggy go to the same high school? Well, it looks like they did. It looks like they did. Here's my question. How come everyone can tell us the definition of Sui in the group, but they couldn't answer that question? Did you, like, (laughs) message everyone? It was like, don't tell Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, let's just not
2: say that and let him find out. Sui, he'll never find out if we don't tell him.
3: Yeah, like, because I'm like, this was a pretty big episode. I feel like – Yeah, I feel like it would be common knowledge if you're a fan. Yeah, if you're, like, a fan at the level of, like, Alex and Chris – And Annabelle, that one of y'all should have pulled me to the side and lectured me or something, and no one did, and I'm just like... I feel like I might have cited this. I remember you saying something at it'll be... There's a future episode that will resolve this. Right. But you, I think you said that the first time, but then every other time I've brought it up, you've just, like, ignored it? I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why I responded the way I did. For Like, they didn't even go to their high school senior prom because he was watching football at her dad's house and telling her to shut up the games on at that point in the relationship someone should have said you know what maybe not
2: well as much as we love them or at least al at this point because peg's getting on our nerves hopefully uh, hopefully this she, she kind of wins us over again down the road because i don't know <laughs> she in the last five or six episodes has been doing nothing by getting on our bad side <laughs> so uh, I hope something changes very soon but um,
3: yeah you know, we love Al but we have to admit he doesn't have much it goes back to what me and JP talked about that one time when we talked about how we think Al is secretly into being miserable it gives him uh, it gives him rights to complain well, he said that he admitted that on on the show he said if Peg goes back to if Peg works then I can't complain. Well, I know. But when we had that big conversation, you were against our whole idea that he was really into being treated like crap. Okay. There are people in the world who are not doing very well, right? Yeah. They
2: would, they complain all the time. They think that they deserve this. They should be here. They should be doing this, but they don't do anything to make that happen. Now that's not any, a a deep psychological thing. It's just, they're not, they think they're motivated, but they're really not. They think they want these things, but clearly they don't want them bad enough because they'd rather just go home and relax. Like they don't want to succeed as much as they want to sleep. They don't want to succeed as much as they want to be cool and hang out with their friends, just do whatever, you know, like they just, they, they kind of want it, but they're, they don't really do anything to make it happen. And, and that's sort of what Al is. And I think he sort of submitted himself like, Life stinks. I did this and that. Now I lost this. I can't be this. I'll never touch a beautiful woman. I'll never be a a, a football star like I thought I would. Uh, Oh, you know, like he said to the librarian. Like he just
3: kind of figures it's over now. He's like forty. So you don't think that it's he likes it. You think that as soon as he found out she was pregnant, he just gave up all hope for the rest of his life. Well, he was just done, and he was like, "Oh well, no need to better
2: anything." this happens in real life all the time. I have a friend who got married and he's sort of not that happy in his marriage. He's not thrilled about his whole situation. He has kids and he has the wife and everything in a house. But he said to me, so I said, well, I don't know. He must've said something. that alluded to the idea that he made a mistake or something. So I said, well, why did you marry her then? And he goes, well, what am I going to do? I was already with her for like five, six years. I'm going to do break up with her and start over again. I just married her. So I was like, Oh, yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. It's just human nature. Like, what are you going to do? It takes too much effort to even start over. People don't even want to do that. So I think that's all Al is. I don't really think he has this weird, like, fetish of being abused or anything. I really just think he's submitted to it. He said life sat on his head. You know, and it, he, that's just the way he said, well, I guess this is my life now. <laughs>
3: and that's it. I don't know. Their whole, like, when you start looking into their relationship... It just makes no sense.
2: Well, I think they should freeze Al until they find a cure for what's wrong with him.
3: Yeah, they should, but unfortunately, there's no cure for Peggy spending all your money. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey, Cal, I think I got something here. It could be edible. Let's see. It's... It's... Freddy, my goldfish? <laughs> it's the one we froze till so they found a cure for whatever was killing him. But... You were only five then, so we didn't tell you, but, um, what was killing him was that we didn't feed him. Oh, Freddy. Dibs on the head. I get the head. He was my pet. Yeah, well, I was the one who didn't feed him. Oops. Well, let's just fry him up and we'll say, next time I get a pet, you can let him starve to death. Deal. kill I can't I mean I just can't eat Freddy he lived in my room so does fungus where do you draw the line <laughs> at a fish I was proud to call my friend hey let's go outside and throw him in the front of a car maybe we can get some insurance money oh cool I'm
5: glad they're gone they were depressing me Al. <laughs> who wants to
3: eat the head of a fish
6: yeah, I mean are there, there are
3: people to do that. I mean, but that just doesn't even sound like where like that's not where the I would be like of course you can have the head.
1: <laughs> that
3: means I get the body. The body there's more meat on the body. Does the head, does the eyeballs give like an extra flavor or something? They do actually. They're spicy. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, so so you guys probably hate it when when Bud says I'll throw the fish in front of a car. Okay, let's get to the logistics of this. Who would notice?
3: That a one inch goldfish was in front of their car on any level. Well, no, I think he meant throw it at the window of the car, hoping that that would make them like. I still wouldn't stop if if something like that hit my windshield. I'd just keep driving. Oh no, you're right though, because they could because they bring up the uninsured driver thing, so they literally mean for to have them run over someone's fish. Right. Wow. Oh, I didn't even realize that joke was that bad. Mm. (laughs) That's pretty
1: bad.
2: Yeah, and and to make it worse, let, let's just say that it was just his immaturity, a 15-year-old kid talking dumb. His, he has a sister that's even dumber than him, so they both go along with this. Okay, but the idea that it actually worked, the only problem, though, is that the guy didn't have insurance? Are you serious? Are we still going on with this joke? That's like something better left forgotten. But
3: Well, no, there is one good part of this joke, and that's Kelly getting in the backseat for 50 bucks.
2: Ah. That's, that's, she's pulling down some some good uh, coin there, man. 50 bucks. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty good.
3: I'm not complaining.
2: Did you guys notice that she sort of um, had a weird response? Like when he said something about throwing the fish in front, she smiles and then goes like it seemed like three seconds too late goes, oh, cool.
3: I just thought she was
2: dumb. Well, I think she was actually waiting for the audience to stop laughing.
3: Oh, I mean, yeah, maybe.
2: Yeah, and it it was a very... It was a, a, a timing misstep. Like, that's bad timing. Comedic timing.
4: Hey, let's go outside and throw him in the front of a car. Maybe we can get some insurance money.
1: <laughs> oh, cool.
2: But you'd have to look at her to really pick up on it, though. Peg's nemesis in high school is Connie Bender.
3: Which was not her original name in the script. Really? Yeah, let me find this. It's actually really funny. Uh in the original first draft of the script seen here, there are some notable differences in the dialogue scene, such as Connie was originally named Nancy, and the quote was going to be Nancy Bender, suck the chrome off a of fender.
2: <laughs> Do you think she was hot? No. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there but wasn't there a different like rival that Peg had in, in, she did in and the, the b- dolls?
3: Yeah, she had a completely different rival. I guess she had two
2: rivals. Peck doesn't get along with anybody.
3: Yeah.
2: Mimi Stokes, Connie Bender.
3: Yeah, so Connie Bender is played by Lisa Raggio, and I have to tell y'all the funniest thing I found out. This (coughs) actress has played a chick has played Chicken Nugget number two four times for McDonald's.
2: What
3: she has been the voice actress of Nugget number two specifically four times. How come she couldn't land the number one spot by the third time? I don't know. Um, She also did voices for G.I. Joe. She mostly was a voice actress, um, so there are no nude scenes for her. Thank God. I just wanted to share that with you. Well, that's
2: some good news. Well... What's the bad news?
3: Oh, that comes later. Well, she's
2: a redhead. So, much like with Pippi Longstocking in The Harder They Fall, Peg has another rival with another redhead. So, uh... Now the kids come back, like we said, with the car gag, and now they're going to check the cobwebs for spiders. And Kelly's totally down with this. Now, Justin, at this point, is this too creepy to enjoy their bonding, or are you still, (laughs) are you still happy that you're getting that? Yeah, I I I I always like when the kids are hanging out and have their own subplot. I mean, I think they're kind of hammering the starving thing home. Starving thing a little much at this point, and. I was actually thinking about that on this episode where I was like, oh, wow, when we get to the wrap-up show, like, one of the overarching themes that they just freaking shoved down our throat was that everybody was hungry all the time. (laughs) But I'm going to say this. So far, they have not missed. I think every single starving joke has been awesome this year. Like, really, has there been one that we don't laugh at? Except, like, I wouldn't say throwing the fish in front of a car is part of it, so...
3: Uh there's some of it that really works and there's some of it that doesn't. Uh there I like I don't think the like I don't like the parts where it's too extreme, like finding a frozen goldfish. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> I that was great. I don't like it. And I but like then there's certain parts like I like them, you know, the bud chops. I like those jokes. I like when it's just them talking about it. Not when they're like not when they bring it into reality and it's like when they find some yeah, when they're trying to eat under like, the
2: stove or something yeah a box
3: top trail mix. yes, like I don't. Wow, I love that. I prefer like it was funnier when they did the jokes of like Al making them campfire burgers that Al had to cook and he had to make out of random stuff they have at the pantry, but like now it's at the point where they're like there is nothing in the pantry. there is nothing in the freezer. there is nothing in the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. Like it just because that all just makes Peggy look bad and it works off that backbone. And I don't like the trade off because you want to love Peg. Not that I want to love Peg because, you know, people run away from her on sex night. But (laughs) I want to at least like her.
2: Hmm. Well, don't forget, Al rules this house.
3: Uh, What he mm -hmm. says goes.
7: Oh, that is such a beautiful dress. I just saw it on Michigan Avenue. But my husband didn't think we could afford it. See, Steve? Al doesn't mind spending $500 on his
1: wife.
0: Is that what I spent
5: on you, Pookie?
0: (laughs) Gee, I guess I really do love you. We're broke, you know that, Peg.
5: Oh, Al, what difference does it make? Another
7: month in debtor's prison?
5: I'm going to be reunion queen.
7: That's so exciting. But if you're going to be queen, you can't just go in a $500 dress. You have to accessorize properly. We could get you a beautiful beaded evening purse if you'd be willing to bounce a check for another $200. Would you mind, honey? So, well...
6: What are you up for? The coveted cartwheeling to the grave award?
1: Mm. Okay,
0: everybody, let me put this as plainly as I can. I rule this house. I pay for it. I rot within its walls. And I make the decisions. And my decision is, save that dress for my funeral. Because we're not no chance, no way, no how, going to that reunion.
7: And you're going to have to buy some shoes. (laughs) Oh, Peggy Queen, I'm so happy for you.
6: So, what will you be wearing, Al? (laughs) The royal leash?
2: (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that was great comedic timing from Marcy. She waited the exact right amount of seconds after Al was done putting his foot down to say, and you're going to need some shoes with that dress, too. Like, that was just great timing. Perfect. Um, she, like we said, I think she might be the best actor, actress in, on this show. And the only one that rivals her is probably Al. Uh, whoa,
3: whoa, whoa. Uh, Steve? He is, the guy is literally (laughs) trained to do every, he can tap dance. Oh.
2: Um, I don't know. We'll have to really break, I'm not really an, I'm not an expert at acting. I couldn't really evaluate people that way, but i don't know i do think ed o'neill is pretty genius Uh, i I
3: mean i i do think like but here's the thing ed o'neill and and amanda burst have some of the best um comedic timing possible right but like as an actor wise i think steve is like not even as a fanboy of steve but as acting steve gets to go through way more emotions Dude, Buck is pretty impressive. (laughs) Yeah, the way he got up and
2: looked behind him and then went off the couch. Oh, my God.
3: He has some Uh, of the best visual cues ever. Honestly, like, it is such, like, a a
2: well-rounded group of people. But I I honestly think that I like Steve. I think Steve kind of kills it a lot. Yeah, I guess I can't argue with any of them, yeah.
3: It's just because here, the thing with, like, with Ed O'Neill, Is He is perfect at playing Al Bundy because his comedic timing is so good. Right. But we don't always get to see him go through, like, regular standard emotions. It's always, like, very exaggerated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As where in the show, you get to see Steve go through, like, very actual standard emotions.
2: Yeah, he's more grounded.
3: Yeah, it's more wide. So, I don't know. But nonetheless, he would make a good Barney Rubble. (laughs) that was kind of funny because it it like kind of broke the fourth wall a little bit it's
2: acknowledging that like almost like that Steve is his sidekick (laughs) to the audience you know what I mean (laughs) like but Al has a worse job than Fred which Fred's job if anybody doesn't know he worked at like a rock quarry I I don't know what he did
3: wasn't he like he was was a heavy equipment operator yeah
2: (laughs) Which means that they have like – they made these little things that you sit on the back of a dinosaur. Like Fred was sitting in one of those on a dinosaur and then he would like crank like a fishing line and it would lift the dinosaur's head up and down. And he did whatever he wanted them to do. I don't know. But that like that's, that was his job. So can
3: Didn't you think that someone's job while riding the Flintstones was just how can I make a dinosaur be a washing machine? Like their job was to just make dinosaurs do things that machines do,
2: yeah, mm-hmm. well, one of the best ones was uh it was the Christmas episode, and <laughs> Fred talks into uh or his boss, Mr. Slate, talks into like uh you know the an intercom or whatever that's just in his office, and then he says something into it, and since there's no wires to you know have speakers and sounds that go to other rooms, the bird heard him jumped up and flew out of a hole in the wall into the where the receptionist lady is landed in her intercom and said what he said. <laughs> like that was like the funniest thing like making these <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah. yeah. I missed the- I haven't watched the Flintstones in so long. Yep. <laughs> this is a good show though. hmm So uh the reunion, high school reunion is the big thing. Uh that's what this whole thing is about. <laughs>
6: That's what reunions are for, to laugh and point at the pitiful.
1: (laughs) You know, Al, the wretches,
6: the failures, the the people who haven't accomplished a damn thing since high school.
1: (laughs) I'm uh,
6: uh, I'm sorry, Al.
0: You know, Barney Rubble wasn't much.
6: (laughs) But at least he was supportive, Steve. (laughs) Marcy, let's go home, punch up some of our old classmates' credit ratings on the computer, and make love by the flickering ashes of their lives.
7: Steve, we'll make a bet of our negotiable securities and do the wild thing.
1: <laughs>
2: Acknowledging the fact that these people have virtually done nothing since high school.
3: Oh, sorry, Jerry. <laughs> hey, I don't know what you're talking about. I will go home tonight and punch up your uh, credit ratings, and then I will make love on the flickering ashes of your life. Hey, Jesus. What are you, sadistic? Well, you know, it passes the time. That sounds kind of hot, though. I'm going to do that. How? <laughs> what The modern-day equivalent of that is just to go on, like, someone's Facebook now. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and say, wow, that's who you married? Ugh. Steve
2: uh, f- sort of flubs a line. Did you notice that when he was, like, going through that whole thing? Like, oh, I got check the rent, check this, check that. Like, he's, he starts to say one thing, and then he stops and says something else.
6: You know, Al, the wretches, the failures, the, the people who haven't accomplished a damn thing since high school.
2: It's not as bad as what Al did in the episode My Mom, the Mom, when he was uh, talking about Bud throwing uh, a snowball through Steve's window. I think that was the episode. Oh, Al yeah. flubs a line there, and I forgot to point that out. He he goes to say something, then he forgot his line. He changed it to something else midway through, and then they continue on. So we'll play that on the season three wrap-up show, too. we got to write all the stuff down to make sure we get to it. Al
3: f- eventually agrees to go to this high school reunion. He didn't want to Whoa, before. whoa, 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 whoa. We're not skipping how Peggy gets him to do it, because I want to compare this to the last episode and what Steve and Marcy did. Okay. Pudding, little whittle hunky bear, yummy wummy, hairy tummy, simple wimple, pimple <laughs> bottom, and donkey wonky.
2: Oh. Those
3: were said live in front of an audience. Yes. And people were okay with it. We just gave Stephen Marcy the biggest crap for their lovey dovey things. <laughs> Peggy talks to Al like he is a retarded kindergarten dog <laughs> and, and and you're just gonna skip over that
2: and peg promising she'll never ask for another thing okay. okay well that's
3: just her lying but still like
2: no it's repulsive all of it
3: yeah i was just like you know what this blows steve and marcy out of the water
2: yeah if i didn't have to do the show i was about to hit the fast forward button halfway through winky pinky
3: I had to play it back like four times so I could get everything written down.
2: (laughs) Well, then just for you, I won't play the clip over you instead because you made all that effort. (laughs) I was going to do that, but hell, if you went through the effort, I'll leave you in there. Don't make the audience hear it. Yeah, I won't make you guys suffer through it again.
5: But now that you insist on going, there are going to be a few rules. First, I don't want you talking to any of your old friends.
2: Thank you for going, but you can't talk to any of your old friends. Now, logistically, what would Al have done when he got there? Just stood there, everybody would say hi, he would just turn the other way and talk to people he doesn't know?
5: Particularly that little weasel, Eli. Hey, Eli was a good guy, Peg. Huh. Good guys don't say, hey, Bundy, I got 20 riding on you, lower your head and run into a brick wall.
0: <laughs> no one had ever done that before. <laughs>
5: I think if you hadn't, you might actually have been a garbage man. (laughs) Rule number two I don't want you getting into any fights, particularly with Jack.
3: Yeah, and not (laughs) only that, rule number two is he can't fight, especially with Jack, but Peggy's going to shut down her rival, but Al can't do that to his rival. That's messed
2: up. Well, he thought he was a man for a minute. Only for a minute. Yep. Yeah, Al's nemesis is Jack. Uh, anybody get a last name for
3: some reason? I don't know. Uh, didn't because they only refer to the wife's former last name, Connie, and they never refer to her actual new last name, which is weird because they call Peggy her old last name and new name. Even in her insult. Mm. Yeah. The guy who plays Jack is named Jack and his last name is Yates. He seems familiar. He sort of looks like, um, yeah, I have only seen him in one movie. And it was, like, a super minor part in a movie that barely anyone's ever seen called Freaked, which is about, like, a weird sideshow circus thing where there's, like, a guy who's, like, half cow. It's a really, really weird movie. Wow, I'm
2: glad this episode catapulted his career.
3: Yeah, well, the thing is, is okay, we're going to go through a lot of people in this episode, But I'm just going to go ahead and give you all the heads up. Most of them have done either barely anything or just a whole lot of TV. Like one episode specials. That's it. We don't have – like there's only one person in this whole thing who like amounted to like something. Everyone else is just – their career was just one –
2: They were lucky enough to be here. That's what you meant, right?
3: Yeah, that's the nice way of putting it. Jack. Yeah, I remember Jack.
1: I don't
0: like Jack. He had this thing about being the best. Always trying to top me. I'd make the team, he'd make the team. I set a record, he set a record. He passed a gallstone, I married you. (laughs) You could never settle that tie. Jack and me split the school right down the middle. Half for him, half for me. In graduation day, we were going to fight it out in the schoolyard. Me and him, till one of us dropped. Well, then something happened.
5: Yeah, I think that something was Eli betting you couldn't jump over a Mustang going 50. <laughs> I
0: was two inches short of that, Peg. My toe had just cleared that driver's nose, I'd have won that $10 bet. And my fight with Jack. And played college ball and married a debutante, been rich and famous. But everything worked out just fine. I got no complaints. Oh,
2: God. <laughs> do you think you could jump over a Mustang going 50 miles an hour? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. You think
3: you could do that? Probably. No way. I've seen you okay. do it. Just because you've seen people do it doesn't mean you could do it. I mean, I, do you th- are
2: you asking would I try it? Absolutely not. Do <laughs> I think that I could do it? Yeah, Probably. I mean, how tall is that? Um, I had a Mustang. It was up to my—I'd uh, say uh, the bottom of my neck. Yeah. Okay, I I maybe
3: couldn't do that. I would have to. That's pretty high jumping, right? Yeah. It's like five five foot no, or something. To be fair, he got bet fifty dollars to do it in in the nineteen sixties. I mean, that's a lot of money.
2: I miss when Justin used to pull that calculator out. In the 1950s, you said? 60s. So, like, what year are we
3: saying about? Uh, hold on. Uh, I actually have something in my in my uh, research. Yeah, don't we know the year of the reunion? No, not exactly. It doesn't say 10 year or 20 year or whatever. Well, here's the thing. The thing says Al and Peggy were born in 1948, which makes no sense because Al is older than Peggy, I, I thought. Yeah, he's like 10 years older almost. Apparently not, because in the show, they were both seniors at the same time. Right, which um is, But that doesn't mean that you're not older. <clears throat> well, she said he graduated at 30. <laughs> uh. Well, okay, so they graduated in 1966, so it was $50 in 1966. So I mean, 1966, 6
2: 1966 would be about... Four hundred dollars about it was like three eighty
3: seven. Yeah, and here's the thing. Al got bet fifty dollars to jump over a car, and now his daughter gets paid fifty dollars to get jumped in the back seat of a car. Oh <laughs> I don't know. Did y'all think did y'all notice that connection? I thought it was funny. No. Both involving cars, both betting, both fifty dollars.
2: I just couldn't believe that the price dropped for Al. He gets fifty to jump over a car, but only ten in Nineteen eighty nine. He drives a nail through a table with his head.
3: Well, yeah, but you know, ten dollars go is like I don't know. I can't believe it. I can't believe Eli gave him twenty dollars to run his head into a brick wall. That's like a five dollar thing, not twenty dollars.
2: Yeah. Now, uh, we get to uh, what what would you say this pl- this took place in? What kind of setting?
3: What, the uh, the union? Most of them take place in, like, a gym, but this one looks like it's in, like, a hotel.
2: Right, because they look out the window at some point. It didn't seem like neat. Gymne- no, it couldn't have been a gym. It had nice walls. It looked like uh, a hall of some kind.
3: Yeah, it looked like, like when we go to a it looks like it's in one of those hotels.
2: Yeah. How lucky would we be if we had our high school reunion and the why came to play?
3: Dude, if, okay.
2: Now, before we get into their music or anything, you know, let's drop some knowledge with this. Now, Uh, the Y, they were uncredited since they were not an actual band and had no lines. But they were all musicians, and the Y's lead singer and guitar player was Morgan Cavett. The other guitar player is Danny Timms, who was holding the go-go dancer, Andrea Parker. The bass player was Peter Marshall. Unfortunately, the drummer's name is unknown, but the put-together band was also hired to play at the cast party at the end of Season 3, which was held in Studio City Lane's bowling alley on Ventura Boulevard in L.A. The lead singer, Morgan Cavett, has a following story. He said, It was fun doing the show. Everyone was really friendly. When we showed up for the second day to tape the show, The assistant director met us at the door and said that director Jerry Cohen wanted to talk to us. He said, I'm not really a singer, so I thought we were going to be fired because of my singing. The director told me I was sounding too good and I could not sing so well. With a big sigh of relief and a chuckle, I told the director it would be easy for me to back off a little. I just started screaming the lyrics and everything was fine. So that was a uh, knowledge that we got from Bundiology.com about the why, which obviously was the high school reunion
3: band on this episode. This song killed me and I had to go see if it was a real song. <laughs> and it is. It's called Shotgun by Junior Walker and the All Stars. Wow. And the other song they do is real
2: also. Okay, and where are they? Cuz we have to play what or DJ has to play one of so us. We can take a freaking break
3: or something. point do uh the song they do in part 2 is what what becomes of the broken hearted by Jimmy Ruffin. That I recognized. Yeah, and then the song they play during Al and Peggy's slow dance is This Guy's in Love with You by Herb Alpert. Huh. So they played all legit songs. Yeah. I don't know. I I didn't see but the ba- the band's not real. Well, the
2: joke, obviously, is they're making a joke. There's a band, as you all know, called The Who. So, you know, the famous who, what, where, when, why. So it's funny to say the why. Like, why are you guys a band? Why are you here? (laughs) Yeah.
3: That's the joke. Dude, I I was dying when the go-go dancer was like, can I take a break now, daddy? You see a look on her face? Like, she hated her dad. Oh, that, that look on your you face. Your dad, if he made you be a go-go dancer for forty-year-olds.
2: Wait, Justin, is that what your dad made you do? Is that why you were the hot tamale? Or was that voluntarily? <laughs> that was uh, college. What? what is the what do the girls say? College. <laughs> Mark, working my way through college. Is that what you did? Wow, how did that work out? Good. No. You still have loans. I never went to college. <laughs> <laughs>
3: He was trying to get the money first.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm going to save up 300000 then I'll register.
3: <laughs> There's three things that,
2: uh, that I want you guys, you know, we're going to do a convention. We're going to sign autographs because we're big stars now. We've been doing this for over a year. Now, uh, Jerry, when they ask you what you do for a living, now what are you going to tell them?
3: That I am a garbage man.
2: Okay. Justin, how many times a year do we have sex? I mean,
3: a
0: year,
2: I mean, a week, five. Good. And uh, Jerry, how many kids do we all have?
3: Zero, okay, which is good. actually true.
2: <laughs> Perfect. So now that's how we answer these questions that these fans are going to ask us.
3: Yeah. Now, Alex, are you still with that good looking sex machine? Who, Todd Fleming? Yeah. No, didn't work out. Ugh. I See, I thought
2: I could do better, but I couldn't. <laughs>
3: Well, that's okay. Oh, Justin, you don't look a day over a thousand. There's there a comeback that I'm supposed to know? No. <laughs> no, I don't think there was a comeback to that one.
2: Yeah, she said to – Edna said to Al, uh, wow, you look just like you did in high school. What a shame. <laughs> or something like that, right? Uh,
3: yeah. So, so.
2: You don't jab Al. He'll destroy you every time. Yeah. <laughs> And women uh, are more susceptible to insults look-wise than men. Men don't really care what they look like.
3: Hey. Yeah, that is seen? true. Women, women are definitely more susceptible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, except I've seen pictures of Alex. He definitely cares more than me and JP do. Uh, have you seen me lately? Uh, no, I stopped coming. It's too cold to be outside your window anymore. <laughs> um, now, okay, serious question. Out of the three of us, who do you think would w- win Prom King? I don't I I don't we should make a poll. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do a poll in the group and see which one of us would make prom king of the Married with Children podcast. I I think they're all going to see their inner Steve and vote for me.
2: Hmm. I think they're going to see the uh, the hybrid of Al and
3: Bud and
2: just have this undeniable gravitational pull towards me. I see that happening.
3: And then I see them going, you know, Buck's my favorite and voting for Justin. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, they're going to say, I see a lot of Jefferson in Justin. I think I'm going to look to the future. Whoa, whoa,
3: Do not bring that name here.
2: It is not time. You're going to hear that name about 160 times,
3: eight times. Yeah, you're going to hear that name a lot in your life. I don't want to hear that name. <laughs> I think I'd rather have the $2,000 phone bill. <laughs> Dude, that's insane. $2,000 phone bill. Yeah, that well, here's the thing. It was supposed to be bigger in the original script. Uh, like along with Al constantly thinking about not clearing that two inches on the thing, they were going to have a phone company representative personally delivering the two thousand dollar phone bill to Peggy. It would be like forty one hundred dollars in today's money.
2: Wow, oh god, and they're worried about two hundred dollars in accessories, <laughs> dude. That's insane. I mean that's I think even back then people were probably like rolling their eyes at that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's a little stupid. Too, it's a little too much. Yeah. Like we all know Al can't afford that. Also, phone bills. Those <laughs> used to be a bigger thing, huh? Like what were you where you called?
3: <laughs> we had this conversation on the on the
2: show before. Yeah, but I don't remember what I said uh two shows ago. So go ahead. Say it again.
3: Uh we just talked about like like, Justin brought up, like, having to, like, get permission to call, like, his cousin or something.
2: Oh, yeah, during the, uh, who, te- the bell tolls.
3: Yeah, just talking in general about how long distance used to be a thing, how, any of, all of this used to actually matter, and now it's like, who cares?
2: Yeah, like, I remember you used to have to buy, like, a card or something to I to call, did that. to call, like, Florida, or, like, call my aunt. It was, like, a big deal if you're yeah. getting called you from Florida. Yeah. Because it would be, like, they only had, like, two minutes or something. Calling cards, they were called. you believe that? But, yeah. like, now that doesn't do-, do anything, does it? Like, I could just pick up my cell phone and call Florida,
3: right? Yeah, Florida's good. The only thing that still slightly matters are roaming rights. Right. But we, you're really rarely going to get those anymore anyway. So... In in the uh in this episode, Peg brings up the fact that she wants she's like, You're gonna come here to this and we're gonna be proud of each other. But as soon as they get there, she immediately starts putting him down. Yeah, she calls him a bozo and says, Get lost. Yeah, like please. I'm like, how like Peggy is the most hypocritical character on television ever. <laughs> she makes Homer Simpson look well, I guess Homer does all of his on like You see, like, um, Peter Griffin or Homer Simpson, like, a lot of the stuff they do, like, is shown as selfish or hypocritical, but a lot of times it's played at at the cost of stupidity. Yeah, and Peg's Peg's not, like, she's not super smart, but they don't really show her as, like, Kelly-dumb. They showed her
2: dumb a couple times, but none of, the, none of the vindictive or none of these types of moves that she does are out of stupidity. They're just clearly that she could care less about anyone but herself. It's just selfishness, no consideration for anyone, exactly. no fear of repercussions at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even know what. – how is this okay? How is Al not in jail for murder? <laughs> like, it's just insane. What yeah. he puts up with.
3: It is. But he sometimes gets his little jabs back. Like when Connie comes over, you know, he makes the joke. You look better standing up in front of Peggy. Uh, he made a joke earlier in the episode about Connie's dad having really nice coats. Yeah, I didn't get that joke. What did that mean? Like he uses because when um he was talking about them being over at uh her dad's house during prom night, they made love on her dad's coat, him and Peggy may love on Peggy's dad's coat so him insinuating that he also hooked up with Connie on her dad's coats
2: well he confirms that in an amazing comeback
3: jab in the second half of this story arc oh my god that's so good now but how cliché did you think it was that uh both their rivals ended up marrying each other
2: Yeah, that's a stretch, man. I was like, okay. I was like, Bing Winkleman,
3: okay. I was sitting there thinking about that, but then I lost it because there's like the greatest visual jag... uh, Greatest visual uh, thing ever right here. Jab. No, it's not a jab. It's a really good visual joke as Al walks away with Jack. Did either one of y'all catch that? Oh, yeah. Al had... An iron burn on the back of his sports jacket. Yes.
2: That was <laughs> great. Dude, that's amazing. At first, I thought it was like a stain. And I was like, what the hell? is he like fall and poop or something? And then I was like, oh, it's the shape of an iron. Yeah. Well, he pulled it out of the hamper and ironed it. Hey, guys. Want to represent the Marrow Children podcast? Go to tpublic.com. T E E P U B L I C. Just go to the search bar and type in Married With Children Podcast. They have everything you need to rep your favorite podcast. Tank tops, long sleeve shirts, baseball t-shirts, crew necks, hoodies. They even have these in kids' sizes. Phone cases for all different styles and sizes. Laptop case, stickers, wall art, notebooks, mugs, pillows, tote bags, travel mugs, you name it. They got it all, guys. And for great prices, go to tpublic.com for all your Married with Children podcast representational needs.
1: Yeah,
2: Yeah, so Connie Bender, that's the new Mimi Stokes. I'm sure Peg still hates Mimi, but... And she lost to Mimi, so let's see if she'll lose to Connie.
5: (laughs) Excuse me, ma'am, I'd like to order a drink. Peggy. Peggy, wanker, don't bother
1: to thank her. Connie,
5: Connie Bender, bring a friend, it won't offend her.
1: (laughs) Hi.
2: Like we said, or IMDB feels, Peg's name was finally revealed. Peggy, wanker, don't bother to thank her. (laughs) (laughs) So like we said about the $2,000 phone bill, Peg called all of the... uh, this is what i don't understand called the whole senior class paid two thousand dollars basically telling them all to vote for her meanwhile if i was the girls she was calling i'd be like well i i wanted to win it what do you mean why would i vote for you like has it come down
3: has it was like the president's thing it just comes down to two people well that's like did they send out like ballots like in the thing they sent out like when they send you the information for the thing where they like heads up these are the four people you can vote for? Or was there a thing before that where they all got to vote who should be it and the top four people then get to right. run the thing? How does that, I'm like, I don't know how that works. I'm with you. This whole episode
2: can be completely farcical. I don't know if you actually, since when do you become a queen for a high school reunion? Is that, does that happen? Am I out of the loop here? Isn't that only prom king and queen? Like, do you still do this for high school reunions? no.
3: I think this whole episode doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, I've never been to a high school reunion nor will I ever go to a high school reunion, so I have no clue. Right, I don't think this is even real. Then I think I've seen like other shows do like high school reunions where they do have like a I don't know. I, maybe they just picked four people that they thought were popular. Maybe oh wait, isn't there a committee like a like that sets up reunions? But who would do that because all those people have already left. They have jobs. They have normal lives. Why would
2: they still be a committee for their high school?
3: Well, no, no. They like I, I'm sure so like someone. I guess someone <laughs> goes to the school says we're gonna have our high school reunion. I guess alumni is still kind of important, but like I don't think high school alumni matters anymore.
2: But these people are – this is a 20-year reunion, dude. Uh,
3: according to the math, it's it's completely wrong. Uh, this is like a 23rd year high school reunion. Technically,
2: yeah, because 89, it should be 66. Yeah. 86, right. But that's why I just said 20 because it it's only goes by 10s, I believe. So Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if this whole episode is farcical or not. Like, it, I don't know. But it doesn't really matter. It's – I could care less, but it's just funny, the whole idea of this.
1: Al,
5: you are looking fantastic, Al. Do you remember me, Al?
0: Yeah. Wow, what
1: happened? No,
0: I mean, you look better standing up.
5: He was always such a charmer. So, what are you doing these days, Al? Uh, he's a garbage man. And what about you, Connie? Are you married or, uh, still working your way west? <laughs> oh, I'm married. Honey! <whistles> you remember Jack, don't you? Peggy!
0: Jack! Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. You're, uh, looking good. <laughs> You too, Jack.
1: You want to
5: go outside? You bet. Now, now, boys. This is a reunion. No need to pick up exactly where we left off. If we did that, Connie would be in the coat room with the band. Peggy, did you hear the good news? I'm going to be reunion queen care to be my hag in waiting. Oh no, you're wrong. Much as you're wrong in thinking that women don't need deodorant. (laughs) You see, I'm going to be reunion queen. Check your numbers, baby. I am ahead by a cool three votes. I should know. I called everywhere in the English-speaking world. That was your mistake. Well, that and that dress oh sumo you see peggy i think you forgot our foreign exchange students you remember the yokero sisters i flew them in from tokyo by the way sumo who will you be voting for she who holds a passport (laughs) tough luck wanker now look here bender I didn't spend $500 on this dress, $2,000 in phone calls, and $300 for these shoes to go home with this.
1: I stood
5: by the hairs on your chinny chin chin. I will be queen of this reunion. Not when you're one vote short, baby.
3: $2,000 phone calls, $500 dress, and a uh, $300 pair of shoes... For twenty eight hundred, so I guess she never got that two hundred dollar purse. Oh, that's nice of her. Yep, twenty eight (laughs) hundred dollars. Like Al doesn't make twenty eight hundred dollars in in four months.
2: That's five thousand (laughs) seven hundred three dollars and thirty three cents. Oh, the thirty three cents just kills me. Because that's Al Bundy's number in football. Thirty three. This is just. Oh, really? Oh, God. Yeah. Now, the cliffhanger, so guys, we're wrapping up. That was the first half of Married to the Queen. The cliffhanger is that Peggy knows she's one vote short. What to do? So guys, we'll be right back for the second half of Married to the Queen. And we will find out if Peg finally beats Mimi Stokes. Ah, I mean Connie Bender. We'll be right back.
7: It's time for No Man to take a little break in the Jiggly Room. I'm the DJ, and I'm gonna play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Merry With Children.
6: Last week on Married with Children, Peggy was excited about going to their high school reunion because she was sure she would be named Reunion Queen. Al was excited, too. Meanwhile, the kids are starving. Peggy's competition for the crown is her old high school rival, Connie Bender. Al meets his rival, Jack, who wants to pick up the fight they never had in high school. At the reunion, Peggy learns Connie has bought enough votes to win the crown, and it looks like Peggy's not going to be queen. The kids are still starving. And now, Married with Children continues.
2: This is season three, episode eighteen. It aired April thirtieth. Just double check when that last one aired. April twenty-third. Okay, so a week later. Uh I guess the next Sunday or whenever this this was, it aired. So, Jerry, we are being bombarded with a lot of uh extras in these two episodes. Um mainly during the reunion. So, can you just, you went, you you told us about Connie Bender and Jack. Now, clearly, uh, Eli, the guy who bets Al to, you know, run into a wall head first, this guy is pretty famous.
3: Yeah, David L. Lander. Arguably, he's arguably the most well-known person outside the main cast on this episode. And you should know him as Squeak. Like, he, like As what? Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. He even played when he was in a scary movie. He was Principal Squiggy. Hmm. Um. He was also in Who Framed Roger Rabbit.
2: If you, Justin, look him up while we're talking, and you'll you'll know. Well,
3: just say you've seen Scary Movie. He's the principal in Scary Movie. Okay, what's his name? Uh, David L. Lander. You'll know. Him. He's definitely the most well-known. Everyone should know who he is, depending on how old you are. If you're super old, like Alex, you'll know him from *Laverne and Shirley*. If you're *Happy Days*, *Happy Days*, you'll know him from. I watched Cooper both and- of those shows, but not closely.
2: I was obsessed with *Happy Days* for a while when I was a kid, like 12 years old. For some reason, Fonzie had a really big effect on me.
3: <laughs> I can tell.
2: That's how I became this cool actually.
3: Oh, Alex, you know how you, how you said, where's the bad news? Are you ready for it? Oh God. All right. Vicky, boy, was she hot. Vicky is the hot girl that lived in
2: New Mexico. That was smitten by Al.
3: Also, that is a white chick. I a hundred percent thought she was like some kind of Latina. And when I looked it up, Nope. Her name is Catherine Carlin and uh, she has been nude. But I'm going to let you all know, do not look it up. Because she was nude in a movie when she was, like, 60. I'm looking it up. What? Yeah. she. she I'm warning you, Justin. It was, like, 60. When, she was, when she was, like, 60, looking like Roseanne really? Ball. Yep. Like, I'm, outside? Yep. That's crazy. Like, do not look that one up. I just did. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Unlike... But
2: and Kelly, I don't want to know any more about ancient history.
3: That's Oh, crazy. yeah. Well, we've got uh, Edna, which is played by Carol Mansell, who um, also not in a lot of things. She was in a, a Ted Bundy movie and an Ed Gein movie. No nudity there, though.
2: Wow, what a connection. Ed Gein and Ted Bundy,
3: Ed O'Neill and Al Bundy. Yep. Sumo Hero was played by Betty Muramoto, and uh, no nudes there either. But she was in a John Carpenter film. She Which was one? in um, the. She was in Body Bags. She was the librarian in the eye segment. Eye segment in Body Bags. Oh, I see, you insult Al. You can get into Body Bags. Exactly. Now the go-go dancer was Andrea Parker. She is also not nude. What's her name? And Andrea Parker. She had a pretty big stint in Pretty Little Liars. She's been in other stuff. She was also like a dancer in Earth, Girls Are Easy, but just nothing. Now, mm-hmm. Silky, played by Barbara Lee Belmont. Wait, was that the girl in the pink dress? One of the black chicks. She, she's been in Married with Children. We've seen her before, but she was uh, heavily in the background. She played okay. Trish on the episode The Great Escape.
2: Was she one of the cokehead girls?
3: Uh yes, she was she was one of those. She was Trish. Really? Yep. Um we have Patricia Matthews, who is the other black chick in this episode. She played Vel Velior? I don't know how to say her name. Um but she also had no nudity. No one in this episode, like like no one in this episode had nudity. It's the weirdest thing ever. Um huh.
2: until they were sixty.
3: Yeah, she's most popular because of people who are related to her. Her sister was apparently a big 80s singer named Vanity, who wasn't Playboy, so she was nude. Um, And she also dated Eddie Murphy for a while. She was like, and y'all seen Coming to America, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that weird devil-worshipping scene with the devil-worshipping chick? Mm -hmm. That was this chick. Wow. Uh, Sable, in this episode, which is the hot blonde chick in the pink... One that was at all the right. table who came over to talk to Al when Al was talking about how he gave up being on the Bears for his wife. <laughs> That's Peaches. We've seen her from Cups Runneth Over.
2: Wait, let me think. Let me. She think. was
3: the Playboy model and a uh, first Hooters girl.
2: Yes, I remember the all that. The first
3: ever Hooters girl. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, we talked about it in um, Cups Runneth Over. Was I on that episode? Uh, uh yes. yes. Yeah, other, a lot of the guys. Uh, You know, Speedy and Rick and uh, Tim Porter. They really have not been in much of anything. Like uh, Tim Porter was played by Bill Applebaum, who was in Pretty Women and Overboard. Uh, A weird connection to me, Bill Bateman played Larry Fleesham and he was in Cocktail. But uh, crazy enough, he was in the recent 2017 Broadway play of Disney's The Newsies. In high school, when I was in drama, I was also in the play Newsies. Wow, I played Jack and Jack and the Beanstalk. Oh, I played a cripple boy named Crutchy. But yeah, uh, tons of other people, but none of them have done anything. And all, and all and most of your other people, they've been in like a lot of TV shows, but it's always like one-time things. Right. So there wasn't like I'd have to I gotta say for an episode that has so many guest appearances, this is like a letdown. There was nothing crazy There's in no here. There's no Pauly Shore. Yeah. Like, normally we're like, this person was in this, this, and this. And I'm like, that chick was in Married with Children and a Star Trek episode.
2: Yeah, she had a horseshoe crab on her head.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's like, they're like, nothing. Um, I was really let down by this. Um, hey, listen, if everybody
2: was a winner, then how would the winners be special, you know?
3: The guy who uh, plays Eli, Mr. Squiggy. He, uh, was, uh, on a show that also starred, uh, Ted McGinley in later seasons. Uh, Happy Days. Yeah, yeah.
4: Turn on, tune in, kill Whitey.
3: <laughs> it's her mixing up the actual phrase, turn on, tune in, and drop out, which was popularized by Timothy Leary, a psychologist who advocated the use of LSD during the psychedelic period of the 1960s. I thought
2: it was turn on, tune in, tune out.
3: No, turn on, tune in, drop out is the actual phrase.
2: Oh, uh, I feel like somebody took it and changed it. And I heard tune out as the last.
3: Person. Uh, they they probably did. Yeah. Um, remember,
2: like MTV, I think did something with that. Now, <laughs> oh.
5: tell us again about your winning touchdown for the
0: city championship. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I can remember that much about it. Well, let's see. Uh. It's November 17th, uh, 4.40 (laughs) p.m. Wind coming out of the southeast at 12 miles per hour, gusting up to 30.
5: Al, let's go home.
0: Hey, home is where the horror is. (laughs) Now, I'm talking a hooter. Vicky. Uh, Vicky. (laughs) Now, why don't you go run for something? You know, queen, a man, a bus. (laughs) With grim determination,
3: I strode out onto the field. Now, we have has the four the four touchdowns has been brought up before this episode, right? No, I don't think
2: four touchdowns have been brought up yet.
3: Okay, so if this is the first time, this is also the one where we also find out the date that it happened on November seventeenth.
2: They didn't say four touchdowns. Didn't she just say the touchdown that you won the champi- city championship?
3: Um, I don't think she said four touchdowns. Well, either way, in the trivia, it has it listed as that that game took place on November 17th. I I don't remember
2: the four touchdowns thing being ever tied to a city championship. I I think it was just like in a regular game. Like nobody has ever combined the two. Well,
3: we'll have to look it up because maybe this is another case of uh, them adding wrong trivia. Yeah. Or, Or adding trivia or combining two things that are true to make up one piece of trivia that is not true.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, I didn't land on this show by accident. I know what I'm talking about here.
3: Yeah, he was born by accident, but...
2: (laughs) So, yeah. Eli is from Laverne and Shirley, and now we get to see who he is. Now, how about the scene right away in part two here? Al's old buddies from high school who are so grotesque at this point, you couldn't even tell that they used to be called Speedy (laughs) because they're like uh, 80 pounds overweight, Ball and coughing just from standing up. They make fun of the nerds like Milton and whoever else.
0: You wanna see something funny? You remember the
2: nerds? Tyrone and Milton, the guy I used to eat his pen? <laughs> Look at him over there with the other nerds still sitting together. <laughs> You should have done your own homework, guys. <laughs> hey, eat your pen, Milton. <laughs> How is the fact that they're with four like, or three or four models completely go by the wayside and we're going to focus on take the girls in between them out and look who they're sitting next to?
3: I, I felt like this joke really – like they really dropped the ball on this while it's kind of funny visual – you're you're right. It's just kind of like, uh, guys. Logically retarded, right? Like the point, uh, like because the point is, is that the the nerds and geeks went on to get very well paying jobs where they have the money now that they are, you know, they can hook up with gold diggers. Right. Mm-hmm. That that's the whole point of the joke. But the way the jocks like, oh, look, this will be funny. Look at this. Makes no sense. That's not funny. Yeah.
2: I mean, what's funny about?
3: That? Yeah. That like I was. Th- this is the the one. And you know you know me. I will give. I will allow a lot of stupid for a visual joke. (laughs) Like I've said it before. If it's the joke is visually funny enough, I will let you slide. But this one, they dropped the ball with.
2: Okay, I'm gonna save the day. Okay. Here's how this joke could have worked, and I blame Jerry Cohen. I love you, but I'm sorry you have dropped the ball in Poke High. And now here, why didn't you have the three guys sitting at the table, and then as soon as the guy said that, we see the three girls come from the bar with drinks in their hand and sit down in between all of them?
3: Oh, that would have been great. Yep. So stupid. Let's get you a time machine. You can go back and fix a few episodes for us. (laughs) Yeah, really? I mean, why didn't they just ask me? I know
2: I was nine, but still. (laughs) I, I don't get it. They That was a joke that, guys, just uh, here's what you do for all the fans of the show. Just just picture it that way. Bud and Kelly are still home, still s- scrounging for food and all that. And Kelly is cooking something in my opinion, just looks delicious. Uh, boot soup.
3: Yeah, uh, I'm not trying boot soup. But I think since it is Kelly, we should get Alex's sister, Jen, to do it.
2: Oh, yeah. Jen should drink it. Yeah. Would you eat anything that Kelly serves you just just drink the um oh, the broth that's so disgusting dude <laughs> we're not doing that can you do that no now Justin when you ate that toothpaste sandwich obviously uh oh guys go to our patreon uh Justin ate a toothpaste sandwich you had to see the look on his face he, he hey, it. hey 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 don't spoil, right. man. They gotta, they, they gotta go there to see this. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I'm just, giving, I'm, I'm trying to tickle their ass with a feather here.
3: All I'm saying is, when I looked at Justin, I saw his inner Steve shine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just think, you actually did what Steve did rather than Al. Al made the sandwich, but Steve ate it. Mm-hmm. So you're more Steve-like in that way. But, uh, yeah, he took about, what, two or three bites, and, oh, my God. And, he, and you swallowed, right? Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, so he ate toothpaste. Now, we didn't actually do any research. I had time to see if that was safe, but uh, w- hold on. Justin, can you still see me? Hello? I'm over here. Oh, okay. Oh, no, right. here. I, I feel like I'm a little vision disoriented, but I don't know. Ooh. Yeah, Jerry, we should have <laughs> probably looked looked that up but that's right he can still talk and that's what we, we do here so you can hear me i guess right <laughs> no okay. i guess uh we should have really looked into this but uh, he's still on the show guys he's a trooper <laughs> so anyway the look on marcy's face <laughs> After Bud says, Do either of you know anything about ancient history?
4: Why, yes, we do. Tell us about the 1960s.
2: (laughs) Does she, is she like a genius actress? Does she know exactly what to do in any situation?
3: Dude, her committed timing is just on point. Like, her facial expressions just like hit it like on the split second spot. It's amazing.
7: Of course we remember the 60s. And oh, what a time it was. Incense and peppermints. Young Republican meetings.
6: Yeah, we cared about things in those days, kids. I remember protesting the dress code in our school. I still remember the principal's face when we all took the pennies out of our loafers and wore our shirts out of our pants. (laughs) And if that wasn't enough, one day I even put a little dimple in my tie.
7: He's a rebel and he'll never, ever be any good.
2: (laughs) So what Jerry alluded to earlier, when Peg said, I do need the votes, but I don't do that anymore. What do you think Peg used to do in high school? Now, there's a couple options. We don't have to go as far as as can be. She (laughs) might have just showed guys her boobs made out with them let it let them feel her she might have
3: uh went into the broom closet with the band (laughs) probably just flashing
2: yeah i was kind of thinking there at maximum like maybe get a tweak in there
3: yeah right yeah i something i should have brought up a little bit earlier the whole relationship between eli and peggy um peggy hates eli eli uh is super into her he you know he even says that the only bet he lost was uh, marrying Peggy. Right. But do you notice all the things that he bets Al to do could possibly kill Al? <laughs> so there's a, I think that they, they like, Eli is straight up trying to kill Al so that he can get with Peggy.
2: Yeah. He's like, uh, he's like Mo the bartender with Marge.
3: Yeah. Like it's super, super weird. And I didn't even notice that during the show. Until I was reading my notes while we were talking, there's like two sentences between Eli lost bet to Mary Peg and ten bucks to drive a nail through the table with his head. Al,
2: i give you $20 if you slit your jugular.
3: Yeah, it's like, come on. like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, we, I, don't, I don't get it. What does Eli see in this bimbo stein? <laughs> bimbo
2: stein. Peg stole, uh, like mother, like daughter. She stole three boyfriends and a father- and lost votes. Now, here's here's why I said that something is a little off here with the writing. Peg spends $2,000 calling the entire senior class.
3: She says she calls every single one where English was the native language.
2: And yet she has to go to this other table where the four girls somehow have not had a conversation with her yet about the vote. They, you know, give the revelation to her that you stole all, you know, three of our boyfriends and my father.
3: And on top of all that, she spends the whole time saying uh, her rival slept with everybody, basically making her rival be out to slut. And it's like, well, Peggy, you've been a hypocrite your whole life, haven't you?
2: Right. So I don't understand. Our last cliffhanger left us to believe that Peg got everybody and Mimi. uh Mimi. I did again. Connie got just all the 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 foreign exchange students, and she was only off by one vote. Like, if she already called everybody in the high school class uh, in the senior class, then why is she going around looking to sway people to vote for her? Shouldn't they have all been voting for her? Around? No, because just because you call somebody doesn't mean that they are voting for you. Well, she already counted her votes, and the other girl counted hers, and there she was only down by so specifically one. She was up by three, and then the four foreign exchange students came in, and then that became that she was uh, down by one. Right. And even, like Jerry said, when they came back from the fight later on, they already like counted those votes in seconds and said, okay, here's the winner. How could you know that so quickly?
3: To be fair, they never thought that they would have a future award-winning podcast going through <laughs> the dynamics of uh how we count votes for prom queens right okay we'll stop guys (laughs) okay like how i
2: threw in the future award winning we are going to win awards you know for this this is pulitzer prize
3: stuff is that a word pulitzer prize yeah that's for writing books but yeah okay
2: (laughs) (laughs) well we're gonna get that too we're so damn good hey we're gonna i'll write a book about my experiences on the Marrow children podcast you don't think people would be dying to hear it when they could, or read it when they could just hear our show and just drive around and listen?
3: Chapter three. By the sixth episode, I was already tired of Jerry blowing Steve. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be so used to the
2: podcast. They'll just get the book on tape anyway. They still won't even read it. <laughs> you know what's really weird? When you were telling me about toothpaste, I literally had toothpaste in my hand.
3: Wait, why did you have toothpaste in your hand?
2: There was just toothpaste laying on the desk, so I was like, okay. It's it's haunting you, you know. It's saying, remember me, Justin? How did I taste? Yeah. Kelly and Bud uh, decide to waltz on in there. It's a great idea. Just go in and eat. And they do. They pig out. They're dressed like 60s hippies. All they say is groovy. And then, like Jerry said, they say kill whitey you know oh and all the popular
3: things bud was named moonbeam but kelly was named peace but it was p-i-e-c-e like a piece of ass instead of (laughs) peace man hey sounds good to me hey bro
2: (laughs) power to the people free huey (laughs) and dewey and
4: Louie too (laughs) You know, Kel, sometimes I think I can actually hear your brain come to a
3: halt. Uh, Why did Huey go to jail? Newton himself was arrested the previous year for allegedly killing an Oakland police officer during a traffic stop. He was later convicted of voluntary manslaughter and sentenced to two to 15 years in prison. But a public pressure, Free Huey, became a popular slogan of the day. And it helped Newton's cause. Wow. And then... Huey, Dewey, and Louie are the the, the grand uh, children of Scrooge McDuck from DuckTales. Woo-hoo! Can you just I- include the woo-hoo there? Uh, if I find it. <laughs> How much do I have to pay oh, you? you can find it. <laughs> How much do I have to pay you to have that in there? I will, I, you know what? If Duck you do tales. it, woo-hoo. I will take I In my closet, I have my DuckTales comforter. From when I was a child, still in a bag, and somehow my grandparents kept it spotless. It looks brand new, even though it was from like 19 like
1: 90.
2: I wonder if they ever freed Huey.
6: Uh, oh,
3: well, I can, I guess no, I... we
2: don't have to look it up No, No, I want people to, if they see, we educate here, but at the same time, guys, you have to do your part. Did they freeze suey
3: or not? <laughs> I meant suey.
2: Yeah. Stop mentioning it. Please freeze suey. Don't bring it up anymore.
3: Yeah. So Hooter, I meant Vicky is super hot. Ah, uh... God, she is so hot. I'm so, I w- do you understand? Like when I was watching the episode, I was like, dude, I can't wait to see her topless. Oh, yeah. So you looked her up, huh? Yeah, I'm, for, I'm doing research for this podcast to let everyone know who's naked and who's not. I went through that for you, the fans. Guys,
2: that's why we have the Patreon. It's just to say thanks for these little things.
3: Thanks for making me look at old lady naked bodies.
2: It's just not right. I'm going to give you $2. Myself. I'm going to give you some of my cut.
3: <laughs> Sweet. I get a nickel.
2: Justin, are you going to give any of your cut or no?
3: No. Ah, wow.
7: <laughs> oh, Mr. Bundy, you are so magnificent. Uh. Did you really give up a chance to play for the Bears for your wife?
0: Well, yeah, I, I figured if I'm going to take a kick to the groin, might as well be for love. <laughs>
2: You know, I'm about to smile it puts on my face every time Al mentions the Bears. It's just,
3: uh... Did y'all, <sighs> didn't y'all win the other day when y'all were supposed to lose?
2: Yes, we did. We won the last game of the 2017 season. Then you fired your
3: coach. Yep.
2: That's how it works in the NFL.
3: I went into the break room and I saw uh, that y'all won. And I was like, oh, I bet Alex is happy.
2: What'd you end up? 5-11? and 11? Yeah, they're 5-11. and 11. It doesn't matter, dude. You beat Pittsburgh. Yeah, I beat your team. Wow. Which are Is that the Steelers? Y- yeah. Okay. We're the number two seed. We only have three losses, and one of them is to the 5-11 and 11 <laughs> Bears.
3: Wow. And what's your team again, Jerry? The Ravens or something weird? Oh, yeah, it's Baltimore Ravens. I have no idea if they won or lost a game at all.
2: They actually lost their last game, which eliminated them from the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah, all they had all right. to do was win to get in.
3: Yeah, so the hot
2: babe who talks about Al Bundy playing for the— Now, this is the second time a hot blonde talked about Al playing for the Bears, you know. Do you remember the first episode? Uh,
3: no. The bald and the beautiful. Oh, so, okay, in this one instance, we have a double— we have callbacks to two different episodes, one being that this chick has already been in an episode, and one that another blonde also brought up the Bears with him. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow! See, these are proper callbacks. Unlike not last episode, but the episode before that, where we complained that it was just cheap writing. These are proper callbacks because you gotta you gotta be on the the Married with Children podcast level to get these.
2: Yes, it's a very prestigious position there. I,
3: and I honestly want to know if any like casual watcher out there who doesn't like run a Married with Children thing. Did you even notice that this was the same chick? Like if you're watching along with us, if you've watched every episode before you watch the podcast, when you watched this episode, did you notice that this was the same blonde chick, Peaches, from uh Her Cups Runneth Over? Or does every blonde chick from the eighties just look like the same coked up blonde chick to you? <laughs> but, you know, Peggy's a lucky woman.
2: Yeah, why is that?
3: Well, can you vote? Can no. you then shut up? Hey. <laughs>
4: You're a very lucky woman.
5: Are you allowed to
2: vote for Queen? No. Then shut up. (laughs) That was the second black chick. There were two black girls in this episode. The first, uh, first, let me say the first one was the one that, um, talked to Bud.
3: I think the one that talked to, um, uh, Bud has to be the black chick who's been in an episode before. Uh, Barbara Lee Belmont. Yeah, because she was
2: hotter than the other ones. Oh, right. you know what I was
3: going to tell you? So she's actually done a lot of work in Hollywood, but she's actually a stunt actress.
2: So she did Jump Out of Windows or something?
3: I don't know, but she was in like, she was a stunt actress for a bunch of stuff, including uh, a movie that you probably love. It's probably a, a favorite Christmas movie of yours, Alex, because it has your favorite actor of all time in it. Arnold
2: Schwarzenegger. Yep,
3: Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. <laughs> yep, she's a stunt actress in that movie. Wow.
2: I could see that because they were fighting over that toy a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Hello, everyone. Yeah, it's me, Tim Potter. You'll remember me as president of the senior class and now of Tim's (laughs) Mortuary. Anyway, I know you're all anxiously awaiting the vote for Reunion Queen. Well, there's just 20 minutes left for you to get your ballots in the old box here. And for the lucky gal who's elected queen, we'll bury you at half price. (laughs) Of course, we won't bury you very deep.
3: (laughs) Like, and you're stuck in. like, people pay all this money for, like, super nice coffins. And I'm like, no, just bury me in a Kroger bag or something. Who cares?
2: Well, I told Tiffany to make sure you bury me with a cell phone in case I wake up. I can call you and get me out of here.
3: Well, see, but here's the thing. You don't even have to – if you get cremated, you don't have to worry about that.
2: Well, I actually asked – I said to just taxidermy me and then you could watch TV with me. You
3: could bring me to the – It is illegal. You are not allowed to taxidermy a person. wonder why. Uh, I, I don't know, but it is 100% Illegal. If it wasn't
2: illegal, do you think that that would be something people would do more often? Oh, yeah. Oh
0: yes. <laughs> you know, Peg, I'm having the time of my life. See, being married to you, I forgot how great I was. Why, oh, why did I leave high school?
5: You were 30, Al.
2: <laughs> so, uh, apparently Bud is doing so poor with women at this point that he would eat alone at a women's prison. And Al is surrounded by hooters. So Bud's not taken after his dad just yet.
3: Yeah. Um, And what's that smell? Do they like cattle in here? Okay, hold up. There's another smell joke in this episode. Or or was it the previous episode? I can't remember. But he goes, uh, Peggy says uh, her rival smells like many men.
2: Yeah, many men. She still smells like many men. (laughs) I've done a lot of thinking about this rivalry that we
0: have, and I think the whole thing is silly. Truth is, I can't think of a damn thing you can do better than me.
1: <laughs>
0: well, why don't you ask your
3: wife about that, Jack? <laughs> but this Jack guy took it. And it's so weird because his wife, she does pretty well against Peggy. She, uh, she does, she says, um. She could use uh, your red hair for the red carpet, except for your roots. yeah. Which is another callback. To Peg saying she has no real hair color, right? Yeah, because she still dyes her hair because we learned that from My Mom the Mom. Another call. Who, who wrote this episode? Because they are good.
2: A fan of the show, clearly.
3: Apparently. Uh, uh, it, the, the Ellen Fogel. Yeah. yeah. Bravo. Yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. All right, Bundy. Bottom line You know that fight we were supposed to have After graduation
5: I'm starting
0: to realize That maybe you didn't hurt yourself Jumping over that Mustang I think you just Punked out (laughs) Say goodnight Jack
5: (laughs) Sit down Mungo You promised if I brought you here No fighting
0: Oh, I'm sorry, Peg. I must have got a little carried away. Yeah, see, for a moment there, I thought I was a man.
6: (laughs) Kids, get get those last votes in. We tally the count and crown the queen in one minute. Hey, Bundy!
5: Give a lady a seat.
0: Oh, uh, you know, Peg, it's uh it's like I told you on our wedding night when you woke me up.
1: <laughs> you sure
0: know how to ruin a good time.
1: You
5: know, Al, I'm not gonna come out a winner tonight. But at least you can. You want him? Go get him.
1: <laughs>
0: It's rock.
7: It's time for no man to take a little break in the jiggly room. I'm the DJ, and I'm going to play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Marry with Children.
1: As I walk this land of Rome, I got a
2: little something to do! So Eli puts 20 bucks on Bundy, him and Jack going out in the parking lot to fight. Peg <clears throat> encouraged this merely, merely to clear the room out. Peg did not do it so Al could go home a winner. She and that's sad. It's kind of depressing because you thought for a second you felt that bond
3: between the two of them where she's like, "You know what? I got a question for you, Alex." Um is the him saying "Let's rock?" Is this what's in the 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 uh intro? No, I have a different "Let's rock" for that. Oh, okay. Cuz I heard that and I was like, "Is that the same one we use in the intro?" I got to admit he didn't deliver
2: it as good. He usually has this was probably his most imperfect, let's rock. He was like, let's rock. And it wasn't like,
3: let's rock. Yeah. Like when I heard it, I was like, okay, well that sounds kind of like the one, but it's I it, off. it can't. So what episode is the one you use it from? Do you know?
2: It's the, uh, the one where he fights the security guard in the hallway, uh, far from now.
3: Oh, okay. He's
2: about to find a guy in the hallway who used to play football in his high school, and now he's a security guard at Polk High, and he said, let's rock. Yep. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, unfortunately, like I said, Peg didn't do it for Al. She could care less about how he feels about himself or anything like that. She just did it for herself, as usual. Selfish Peg Bundy just wanted to clear the room out so she could tamper with the voting box. She discovers that Bud and Kelly are completely passed out, as if they were knocking back like a hundred <laughs> drinks. They're passed out, but really it was just from eating a lot. Food and, coma. Yeah, they're in a food coma.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Kelly?
5: Bud? <laughs>
4: Wow, the colors, the colors. No, you're just having cherry pie flashbacks. Write it out. I'm ashamed of
5: you, sneaking out like that. Is that the way I brought you up? By the way, Bud, honey, can you pick a lock? Yup. And a nose. It's this way. Come with me. What's Daddy doing? Oh, playing with his friends. Now, hurry up.
4: A pathetic little lock, wouldn't you say, Cal? Yeah, Jacobson 360. Single barrel, two tumblers. Why don't they just lock it with a piece of gum? Tweezers. Tweezers you guys
2: done this before? No. <laughs> Graphite. Graphite. Jack walks in like he won the fight. And the audience doesn't, you don't hear nobody going, oh, or nothing. They have no reaction. It's almost like they're waiting for the joke, unfortunately.
5: Well, I just knew you could do it. Are you okay, honey? Well, actually, Peggy they're going to announce the queen
6: all right that was some fight huh and speaking of fights it's time to pick a queen you know pig
0: i really think i need a doctor shh
6: god it's always you you you
5: why didn't i leave you at home
6: let's have our four queen finalists up here please
5: Gee, I wonder who it'll be. Good luck, Peggy.
6: Good luck, Connie. (laughs) And our Polk High Reunion Queen is Larry (laughs) Fleshman. Throw out an anchor, Fleshman. I'm just kidding.
3: (laughs) I got a question for y'all. When they pull up the four finalists, did y'all notice the guy on the stage before they pointed it out or not?
2: No. When he said a guy's name,
3: I wondered why. And then, then they panned over to him. Because I actually did notice. And I when they called his name, I was like, that would have been hilarious if, like, Peggy lost also. Because instead of, like, fixing it by... Just getting rid of the one girl, she forgot to get rid of his votes, right? Yeah, like, she took out too many votes and now he won on accident cuz she you know messed up
2: i just knew that didn't happen though i just recalled obviously as she won but yeah that that would have been a weird oh <laughs> weird ending
6: okay really the winner is and by a landslide every boy's fantasy every mother's nightmare <laughs> peggy <laughs> wanker bundy <laughs>
5: Out of my way, (laughs) she-dog.
6: And now the queen will dance the spotlight dance with her king. Oh.
1: (laughs) Oh,
5: Al. This is the best night of my life.
0: That's great, Peg. But, you know, I really think I'm hurt bad.
5: Oh, honey, this is such a beautiful moment. Don't spoil it with your whining. <laughs> uh, you know, I really am lucky. Out of all the guys here, you're the best one. <laughs> Aren't you going to say the same to me? Was the go-go
0: dancer in our class, Peg?
5: <laughs> no, Al.
0: Then I married the prettiest girl in school
5: Oh, wow <laughs> Honey, you know what would top this night off just perfectly? <laughs> oh, no Oh, come on You can't tell me you don't want to What's that in your pocket?
1: (laughs) My rib.
2: (laughs) Now, does Al get a sex point?
3: No, my my ruling on this is since there is no actual clear indication of if they would have actually had sex or not, there's no way we can give a point. There's There's no way to call that. Now, Justin, what do you think? Because
2: she felt that he was aroused by what she felt in his pants, and it turns out, no, he's not. It was a rib, one of his ribs.
3: Well, yeah. th- that's not even that's not even possible for one. <laughs> so I just don't feel like there's a clear enough yes or no here.
2: I agree with Jerry. I don't think that there's a definitive ending to it if they did or didn't.
3: Well, I would like to
2: exercise uh, whatever power I have on this show. And say, I would like you to mark it as a point for Al with an asterisk. And then we will discuss it if it's a tiebreaker.
3: All right. Let me type it in.
2: Now, um, can can a rib, if you knock a guy's rib hard enough, can it roll down his skin near his thigh or no? No. no
3: there's organs there.
2: <laughs> okay. I'm just asking. Hey, listen. <laughs> People are paying us to do this show now. I have to do all I can. All right, guys, we'll be right back with the ratings for this gigantic two-parter, Married with Queen. We'll be right back.
7: No, ma'am, we'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash Married with Children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. You can email them at MarriedWChildrenPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode.
2: All right, guys. How many perfectly seasoned bud chops are we eating for this episode uh both episodes so we have to treat this as one gigantic story arc okay um i, I, I was kind of struggling with this one honestly because i thought it was cool i thought it was funny i i like the stuff with the kids when they're you know i actually i actually kind of like the goldfish bit honestly you know the I, I do prefer when they keep it in reality, but I didn't think that that was as far from reality as finding like a crusty ass toenail under the fridge and eating it. You know what I mean? Um, because technically you can eat a goldfish. It's not that out of the realm of possibility. But um, th- there was some stuff with the uh, rival girl and the votes and stuff that we discussed. I don't know, man. I, I don't I, like, I always expect the, the two-parters to be like much better. More heavy, yeah, like heavy, like have more of a heavy tone and 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 meaning thing. I still think it was pretty good, but uh, i'm I'm not like super sold on it. Um, I do like that we find out a little bit of backstory. like we now know that Peg and Al did go to the same high school and we we know that her last I guess we get reconfirmation of her last name or at least it's kind of debatable if it's been told before. Uh, But uh, I'm just going to come in at 3.5 perfectly seasoned Bud Chops out of 5. That's a good rating, though. I I would expect a higher rating for a two-parter because you would imagine that there's so much. They have so many great ideas they couldn't get it done in one episode, so they had to make two. So you would expect, like you said, it to be a more grand Thing, I see. What you, I see what you mean. Uh, so, three point five is a, a, a solid as anything rating. But yes, obviously, in a two parter, we would expect a four or higher. So that's uh, unfortunate that you didn't feel that way. So let's see, Jerry, how many perfectly
3: seasoned bud chops are you going to eat? I actually do feel like this was kind of an epic story. It, it it I feel like it was big enough to be on the same par as the two previous two. The only problem with he, with this episode why why I think Justin doesn't feel it's epic is because it's all revolving the the problem isn't heavy because it's all revolving around the how selfish Peggy is, so we don't care as much about the problem. Like I like, but when you when you when you see that, then you can go. Okay, it is epic. It's just it does. It's it's not as heavy because we don't care about Peggy as much. We don't. uh, We don't. uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? We don't. uh, We we don't empathize. We don't empathize empathize with Peggy because we're just like you're wrong. Everything you do is wrong, and that's one of the reasons. That's one of the things I don't like about the show.
2: Well, I think it's sympathize. E- I think empathy is a no. Empathy is being able to feel what they feel. Sympathy yeah. is being able to is feeling bad for them.
3: Yeah, I don't feel bad for them, and I can't feel for Peggy at all because she's so horrible in this. Uh, and that's my my actual only negative in here uh, is how horrible peggy is shown. it it bothers me but, but even that though jerry like the story itself is kind of stupid it is but it's married with children stupid it's not like i don't think that this is that much stupider than a lot of the other story arcs they've gone through i don't feel like this is that much stupider than uh sleeping at the shoe store or going to a meeting of bald people when you're barely bald, like it's this is to me an acceptable amount of stupid for married with children. I guess stupid is not the right
2: word because I do agree that it like isn't out of the realm of like the stuff we like. I feel like it's a weak story in terms of like the the, the not the reunion, but just the like the the voting and the the prom the the it's not even prom damn it it's like the reunion queen (laughs) it's just we don't even know if it's a real thing
3: yeah it's not it's not a real thing (laughs) i wouldn't know but like yeah i i i'm like justin i had a really hard time scoring this episode because there are a lot of things that i what i like in this episode greatly outweigh what i don't like and there's enough and there's enough of me that for this episode that I can completely push to the side, but I will say this is an episode. I can put those issues aside and roll with it, especially part two. I enjoy part two way more than I enjoyed part one. Um, So I actually am, I am coming out of four out of five for this episode, just on the, the, the part that for once I was able to push everything, all the nitpicking All the stuff I didn't like, I was able to push it aside and laugh at the jokes and roll with it. Because, you know what, Peg? You might not do it anymore, but for once, I'm okay with it.
2: I have always been fond of this. To me, it's a great story arc. I see what you mean, and I think this may be a nostalgia thing lost in translation, but Jerry doesn't have any, and he seems to still appeal to it um i think jerry is kind of right in saying that usually the episodes where like the other characters take a backseat to peg and her arcs i usually kind of just usually don't like don't really just i just don't really roll with it too well you never do but guess what some episode this season and i wanted to bring it up to you in the season three wrap-up show but now I almost forgot what it was, but you were really big on a peg-centric episode. You uh, Maybe I'll just skip to all the r- the ratings at the end to find out what that was, but mm-hmm. there was a peg episode that you really liked, and <clears throat> I found it shocking that you gave it such a high rating because I thought you were going to be like not on board because it was about her, and you historically never liked her episode. <laughs> so yeah. that might be what this is. You might be just reverting back to what you sort of uh, felt when you first started watching this, so I, I see what you mean. And her, and she's not really winning guys over exactly in the in the last few shows, like we said. And she certainly didn't win any over in this episode. I mean, this set her back so far. I don't know. I thought everything was strong. A couple bad jokes that I believe we brought up. Maybe Steve and Marcy's whole thing. All the things they were saying uh, about the 60s, that kind of bored me. But other than that, I think everything was pretty strong, moved good. The the fish joke in front of the car, that kind of failed for me. But whatever, it's just, you know, whatever. It's the kids. Usually in shows, you don't like anything the kids do, frankly. So the fact that we like so much about Bud and Kelly, and then they finally, you know, they have a couple missteps. And we brought all of them up, I'm sure. Overall, though, the whole episode, I, I really do like it. In the end, I still give it a four out of five uh, perfectly seasoned Bud chops. (laughs) Because I really do like it. Like, I I would have no problem watching this over and over once a year. So, uh, yeah, I, I really like it. So, guys, so tune in next week when we review The Dateless Amigo. When Bud finds it difficult to line up a date, he resorts to the next best thing, a mannequin. And I I wanted to cite this as an episode that seems like it should be a season two episode. Uh, It seems uh, like that's where it would be, so we'll find out next week. See you there.